Okay, here we are again. Exciting news, and it's not just that we have Meg here big with news. us today, but it's big, big, news. big news. See, you might think that this is the first time that Meg's been here for a podcast. But it is. What do you mean? Well, we <laughs> had a gremlin glitch. So, if you haven't guessed, there's a few more cables and that around. We've gone professional. Mm. We've gone very professional. We have... For those who are wondering, you've got a little mixing desk here, so we should be able to not hear me twice as loud as little Tim over there. Well, the sound should be professional, but you and I, maybe not so much. Well, we'll sound so a bit better. Hopefully. And, and hopefully you guys will remember to talk into your mics, because they're no longer on your lapel. Ah, okay. Well, we'll try <laughs> that. And, Meg, have you any reason to understand why that we need all this equipment? Um, it may be that last time we recorded this podcast, um, my recording went missing, so it's all my fault. <laughs> and we don't blame you at all, no. do we? No, well, Mark actually did, Meg, to be honest, but I, <laughs> I didn't. So, but Thanks, maybe we Tim. should introduce her. Oh, can you do that because you were the one that did well. Great exciting news, to get Meg. Here, exciting news. We've had a lot of questions, so we got Meg, lawyer from Never Fought On, and we thought we would barrel her with all of our questions that we've got. And see how many she can answer. And the good news is we don't remember any of them that we did last time. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no we forgot. So for all you lot out there who haven't heard the original podcast that we trashed, mm. um, this one's going to be even better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've got some new questions, so just to keep Meg on the toes. You're going to actually give other people a chance this time? Probably. Not take over? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> well, so, just in, in accordance with that, thanks so much, Meg, for coming along. Thanks for um, having me. We might even let... Tim asked the first question. Yes. Because he's been, look at this, he's got his notes. I've got notes, I'm organised. We never have notes. We've gone professional. (laughs) But I'm not professional, let's see if it actually works. Well, Meg, first up, I want to just ask maybe a little bit about you. Who are you? Are you from Ballarat? How'd you get to working at Everford? Yeah, so, um, yep, my name's Meg Gilbert and I am from Ballarat, born and bred um, in Bunnyong. And um, I started working at Nevert Ford about 18 months ago when I moved back to Ballarat after um, studying and working in Bendigo for several years. Mm. Yeah, study takes a long time in your profession, doesn't it? It does, yes. It was a good five years at university and then a further six months doing the practical legal training to get admitted mm. as a lawyer. So so what makes someone want to be a lawyer or to do... So you specialise in property, is that right? Yeah, so um, most lawyers out there will have an area or two that they practice in. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I decided that property law is for me, so that's mm. the path I've gone down. Nice. Well, the first question, because we, I still don't understand, even though you told me a couple of weeks ago, I think I forgot again. <laughs> the difference between a solicitor, a lawyer, and a conveyancer. So let's start there. Yeah. So the terms lawyer and solicitor are really the same. Okay. Um, the difference being that a lawyer also includes um, a barrister and a judge as well, because they also yep. have a certificate to practice the law, um, whereas a solicitor... Um, hasn't gone to the bar, is not a barrister and is obviously not a judge as well. Um, Whereas a conveyancer, they haven't gone and done a law degree um, and they're not admitted um, to practice law. They have gone and done um, what I believe is a diploma um, and they're um, authorised to act on people's behalf in conveyancing transactions. So would that be often in trades and in real estate there's a certificate for, would the conveyancer have to have done something 
equivalent of that? Yeah, my it? understanding is that it's a diploma. Right. Um, so it is different to going and doing a Bachelor of Laws at um, a university. So you're one of the smart ones. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> so, Meg, do people then need to see a solicitor or a conveyancer or what's, you know, often people say, oh, I'll mm -hmm. see a conveyancer because they're cheaper, but are you still getting the same level of service or how does that work? Yep. So... Look, obviously, I'm probably a little bit biased being yeah, a lawyer and working so, yeah. for a law firm. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, but yeah, feel free to take what I say with a grain of salt. Um, mm. But look, you can you can go um, to a lawyer or a, or a conveyancer um, when you're buying or selling property. It's it's up to you. Um, the main um, thing is that you get someone who you trust. Mm -hmm. um, and someone who's going to do a good job for you. You mentioned um, fees, I think. Um, it is a um, common um, misconception, mm -hmm. if I may say, out there that people think that conveyances are cheaper than lawyers. It's not always the case. Um, with conveyancing, the price is market-driven. Okay. Um, yeah, that is interesting, because I would yeah. think that most people would actually think that because a lawyer is more qualified, and has had to do the extra trading that you would charge more. And so that's not it at all. Not always, no. Um, there's, look, um, there's law firms out there that would no doubt charge more than what some conveyances mm -hmm. charge, but vice versa as well. Um, as I said, the, the conveyancing market is very competitive, so the prices are market-driven. And Meg, I'm pretty sure that a lot of firms have both in any case, don't they? So a lot of firms will have conveyances and lawyers within their firm, is yeah, that right? Yeah, correct. That's yeah. right. Um, a lot of law, law firms out there do hire conveyances and also conveyancing paralegals as well who yeah. do a lot of the legwork. So, okay, there's another term, paralegals. Yes, as I think I said last time, they're on suits, oh, no, but yeah, I don't I'm know. Kidding. I'm pretty sure Megan Markle you was a paralegal, wasn't she? Yes, correct. No, not true. so much, no. I think I'm Mike Ross, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Harvey Specter actually. Yeah, yeah. It's probably more. Like yeah. Sorry, paralegals. Yeah, so paralegals um, are essentially assistants to lawyers. Um, they do a lot of the research tasks and a lot mm -hmm. of the legwork as well. Um, but so they have qualification level is, is that equivalent to a conveyancer? Do they have to have that, or is it no. just really just works in the office yeah. and therefore they're only allowed to do things that they're being asked to do and can't act upon their own wishes yeah well look they as i said their their um role is to assist um lawyers in the office um mind you there's we have fantastic paralegals in our office we're very we blessed we love them all yes we love them all yeah so they definitely do more than just assisting but that's the easiest way to describe their role and okay. while we're at it could we just put a shout out to all of the staff that work with us here that assist us as well yes absolutely because tim they're very important as well the, the most important. That's right. <laughs> nothing would get done. No, nothing at all. Well, that's a good summary of those ones. Mm -hmm. Should we keep going with definitions? Because I've got plenty. Feel free to so keep them rolling. I've got a few here because people always, I find, use interchange all these words mm -hmm. and they mean different like things. Words, no, they mean different things, but they <laughs> interchange them. So yeah. I've got easement, caveat, covenant, encumbrance, and title. So maybe... Where do you want to start with those? I'll start with title. Okay. 
So for every property, there's a mm. corresponding certificate of title or mm -hmm. title as we refer to it. all the numbers for those people who don't have a clue what they are. <laughs> yes. Volume something. Yeah, so is that related to volume folio? That's right. So um, each title has a volume and folio reference. Mm -hmm. um, and the title, if you do a search of the title, it will show you various things such as who the owner of the land is um, and whether or not there's any encumbrances that affect the property. Mm. I think that that might have been one of the yes well so one of the words is yeah. encumbrance so you've covered title yeah so to stay on title where where are titles kept how do you find them is there a government register because people often think that if they lose their title their world's going to end or, or how does that well the bank's got it or the solicitor's it's got it in a vault somewhere yeah yeah where are they yeah so the government body land victoria or land use victoria sorry mm. as i uh, as they're now called, um, which is the old titles office. Mm. They are the body in charge of the title system. Um, and recently, relatively recently, um, we're, we're going through a transition process where um, a lot of titles are getting converted to an electronic title. Okay. So we're going to an electronic system. So um, there are still some paper titles out there, um, but any titles held by the majority of the banks, um, particularly the big banks, they're all converted to electronic titles so nowadays. I've heard this term PEXA, that everything's actually settled with PEXA. Yeah. Is PEXA meaning the titles or is it meaning the exchanging of the titles? Is that? So PEXA is the online platform. Um, Right, so in which we settle the conveyancing transactions. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So Mark's taking this off on a different topic. Well, Thanks, Mark. Like but that's okay. That's fine. Well, it is well, relevant to We might as well go that way <laughs> then. So <laughs> we're at PEXA settlement. So mm. What happens at settlement? What's PEXA and how does that work? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, Back in the day, um, we used to all sit around a table. So the vendor's representative, the purchaser's representative, yeah. and the um, banks, if there were any banks involved. Now, I'm old enough to know the real estate agent used to also yes. go there because I used to go to the bank where it was often done. Yes. Mm -hmm. You don't remember that, well, which you, is really interesting. I didn't ride my horse there like you did. <laughs> no, no, so. I, I just had both legs. I yeah. don't ride horses. Would <laughs> you attend to drop the keys off or just collect the no, no, check for the was, commission? I was actually there for the... We all turned up, yeah. we all had briefcases, we're all in our suits, we sat there, we sort of thought, what the heck are we doing there as an agent? But you were there to make sure that everything happened, yeah. probably looking after your own commission, to be fair. Yeah. And then you're right, the, back then the key exchange used to yeah. happen at the same time. You take the keys from yeah. one party to the other party and you move on. And it was all just Greek to me, whatever else happened at the same time. Yeah. So essentially, we would have it would have just been everyone handing over documents, right. checking that the documents are correct, mm. and um, handing over the check for the money. Yeah. And putting their billing at the same time. Oh, I have no <laughs> doubt. So essentially, in layman's terms, now that's just done electronically through PEXA. That's so, right. So yeah. um, it's the exact same process, but it's all done electronically. So there's a workspace, a settlement workspace um, on PEXA, all the parties get invited to the workspace, yeah. documents are prepared electronically, and money is exchanged electronically. So that would have to make it a bit cheaper than, say, if you've got somebody representing and they're working in Melbourne, somebody else in Ballarat, and they all had to travel to a space, so you would have had travelling costs and everything involved in the settlement of the property. So PEXA should 
Good work, Mark. I like it. Get their prices down. I'm just thinking. Oh, no, it's logical. You know what it is? Money. Yep. Love money. <laughs> We're real estate agents. It's okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. And, and look, that that is correct because um, back in the day, if the vendor um, was located in Melbourne and mm. us as a purchaser were located in Ballarat, um, settlement would happen wherever the vendor or the vendor's bank, mm. more importantly, says so. Everybody else would have had to travel. That's right. It's a long horse yeah. ride. Or we would. Um, Kid off with the horse. <laughs> You're the one who's a farmer. You're the one with the long yeah, but, legs that doesn't have to I, jump up on it. I wasn't in real estate in the 60s, so it's a bit different. Yeah, So thanks for that tangent, Mark. But now to get back to the important questions. Well, very interesting, I thought, Tim. I, I, I was getting a bit sick of your dry questions. Well, okay. well, this one is pretty dry, <laughs> and I think we're probably best to start, help, help you out here, Meg. What's an encumbrance? Yep. So we've got encumbrance, easement, caveat, covenant. Yep, so an encumbrance, that's a bit of an umbrella term, mm. um, and it just refers to any interest that someone other than the owner of the property has in that property. Um, okay. So a mortgage, for example, is a type of encumbrance. Okay, that makes sense. And one of the other words you mentioned, caveat, that yep. could also be an encumbrance Correct. because it means somebody has an interest in the part, in, in the... Uh, in the property. In the property, that's right. That's is it, it, is it yeah. caveat or caveat? I say caveat. Yeah. Yeah. I say caveat. I say caveat. <laughs> you say tomato, I say tomato. <laughs> yeah, so explain yeah. that a bit first. Yeah. Someone's so, got an interest in the property. That's right, yeah. So, for example, a caveat, um, which is a document that mm. someone, if they've got a legal interest in the property um, and it's a caveatable interest, um, they may register at Land Victoria um, and then that um, caveat would get noted on the certificate of title to the I property. I like that, caveatable interest. Mm, it's a big <laughs> word. <laughs> big word. Interest. So <laughs> an example of that, what about say two people that might be married and they separate the properties in one name but you know the other party's been paying the mortgage, would they potentially lodge a caveat on that property is that the sort of thing it's about or yeah. so in family law mm. um, proceedings that is a very common um, example of when yeah. caveats are lodged um, to protect the person who's not noted on title as an owner um, but that property might form part of the overall asset pool so it sort of stops them from just selling it without them knowing is that correct right? so if yep. you lodge a caveat um, you will get notified if that yep. if the owner tries to deal with the land in okay. any way makes sense yeah Tell you what, there's a lot to learn on this, just this little part, isn't there? I know. I think, Meg, I think we'd have to get you back more than once. I know you've been twice, but <laughs> in actual fact, I think we had a dry run that didn't work as well. So I think this is your third time. But don't third pay visit. any attention no, out there. Don't, no one will know. <laughs> Nobody will know. Unless you mention it, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> What's an easement? Yep, so an easement is um, an interest that, um, oh sorry, a, a legal right that someone other mm. than the owner has in the property. Um, there's various types of easements out there. So common ones would yep. be? Um, a right-of-way easement or a carriageway easement. Yep. So, um, As for it, your horses, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, carriageway. So, so, you, so you might so have an easement over your neighbour's land that gives you the right to use part of their land to access your property, for yeah. example. Yeah, that's the right yep. of use, of yeah. yeah. And then, as Mark said, sewer. Yeah, those sorts that's of right. You have to be able to get to um, 
things that are important for life. So like gas pipes, water pipes, yeah. So anything those... like that. If there's if there's one, only one way in, obviously there would be. That's right. So there's yeah. often. Um, easements to the authorities so for yeah. example council or water authorities yeah. for um, infrastructure such as sewerage and um, stormwater yeah. infrastructure um, and those easements are um, what we call easements in gross um, oh so it's that more confusing. yeah the, the authorities can have access so to the land to fix the infrastructure if needed. Thing that comes from that as well people always say that you can't build over an easement but if they've done it illegally, if they have built over the easement and somebody needed to get through there, they'd have to pull it up, wouldn't they? That's correct. Yes, that's correct. That's you're the, not meant to be the build over easements. Not meant to. Lots of <laughs> no, you're definitely that's not exactly meant to build over easements without um, approval. And they will not. An easement will normally be shown on title. Not always. So they. That's where it gets tricky, doesn't yeah. It? So um, they are sometimes registered on the um, title plan. Um, but not always. But I would imagine, Meg, is it a thing that, like all new ones now, they're registered, or it's not that simple? They can. Still not always not the case. Okay. Um, I think that that's what it is intended to be, yeah. but it is certainly not always. So, the case. is that part of what you do? So, I employ you to look over contract. Do you check those things for me? Is that yep, part so of your job? That's right. So, um, we review contracts and Section 32s mm. for people. Um, that is one of the key things that we'll be looking mm. when we um, search the title and the plan. Um, however, if it's not noted in the Section 32, if it's yep. not disclosed that there's an unregistered easement and there's um, nothing in the documents to indicate that there is, um, it would be up to uh, the purchaser to make mm. their own inquiries okay. if they suspect that there is. There would be. Yeah. Call me old again, but one of the things you used to be told by the solicitor, mm. generally more than a conveyancer, is to go and measure the block mm -hmm. so mm. that you've got the right piece of land. Mm. And then I was told by a solicitor, that's all very well and dandy, but if you've measured the block, you don't know where the measurements start mm. from. I don't hear that as much these days. Has that disappeared? Are we, are yeah, we I agree. Not many people are measuring the block, but I had a discussion with Dean this week about this. So curious yeah. to get your opinion, Meg. It is definitely something that I recommend to all my purchaser mm -hmm. clients See, to measure. Old, old is good. Mm. Old is good. Um, whether or not people actually do go out and measure the land. I don't I, think they do anymore. I don't think they do either. No. That's why I sort of brought it up because no. that was a really important thing. You used to get out there and yeah. get the wheelie thing and yeah. you'd go and measure it <laughs> and you'd make sure, oh, that looks about right. It's about 19. Yeah. And then you're supposed to, hang on a minute, that's... That fence is a metre over, but it depends on whether you've got the survey point. Yeah. But I do That's know right. that I do know that in the past, many years ago, there was come across where the whole every block was out by a metre because measuring point was wrong with the first one, and they'd all just built so the right size, but somewhere yeah, right. at the start and the end. Yeah, they over because mm. they had started at the wrong point. If you start at the wrong point, you get to end at the wrong, the wrong point. And there was it only came to light because. Somebody, I don't know how, they realised that they tried to take a metre of the next door neighbour's land back saying that was really theirs. They didn't really understand mm. that the other neighbour could take a metre of theirs. Yeah. Oh. Could Chain you imagine oh, the fences? Oh my yeah. gosh. So, what yeah, a nightmare. It's funny that these sort of things used to be commonplace. They're not yeah. anymore. Mm. Is it, like, do you think it's because we're too busy? We don't have the time? Yeah, that's probably part of it. Yeah, I think that that would definitely be I, I part do, of it. A lot of purchasers do often say, oh, my solicitor said I should measure it, but I'm not going to. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. 
So it's up to you, yeah. It's up to you. Correct. Which I think that if you're going to spend a few hundred thousand dollars on a property, you probably want to you take the time to measure, but probably each, worth to checking their own. each to their own. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes perfect sense to me as well. The, the next one here, and they confuse these things. They make them all sound the same. KB <laughs> covenant. That's what's, purpose, I know. <laughs> what, what's a covenant then? Yeah, so covenants are, are like restrictions um, on the property. Um, common covenants uh, relate to the building, so mm -hmm. what materials you, you can and can't use. So you can't build a straw bale house in the middle of That's the right, or yeah. you, you can't have... It might be what sort of... We could have a Calamon fence rather than a wood fence. That's right, yeah. yep. And Light restrictions as well. Oh, yep, sometimes. Yeah. Shed sizes. Yeah, yep. yep. Um, you can't further subdivide the land. I'm looking at one, uh, a block of land, and it's got a covenant saying that you can only have one crossover unless yep. you get an exemption from the from Jeez, the developer. That's, that's yeah. interesting. Well, only one crossover, so they make the blocks probably spread out more, what do you think? That's well, interesting. who needs two crossovers if you've got a 12-metre frontage? Well, if you've got a caravan <laughs> going in one entrance and a car going the other, you might think... Mm -hmm. Maybe, and that's... The, the wildlife that's why I've asked. That's why I've got my contract amended, Mark, so I can have two. But you know, <laughs> there you go. I've, so I've, you've actually listened when you've actually. Got I have. I've advice. got some advice. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Me. I never thought that you would. That's, that's. I'm very proud of you. Well, I'm learning. Meg, uh, you said something before. Mm -hmm. Section 32, what's the mm -hmm. difference between a section 32 and a vendor's statement and what is it? What yeah. are they? So they're the same thing. Um, the word section 32 just comes from the um, section in the Sale of Land Act, mm -hmm. um, which sets out what the vendor has to disclose to a purchaser in okay. a vendor statement um, when they're selling property. Okay, so what do they have to disclose? What's yep. in a vendor's statement? So various things. Um, they have to disclose the title to the property, um, yep. also a copy of the plan, so people mm -hmm. can see what they're actually purchasing. Cost of outgoing, stuff like that. That's right, yep. yeah. So or at least approximate. Exactly. Yep. Um, what the um, zoning of the property is, whether yep. or not there's any overlays that affect the property, yep. what, um, what services are not so, connected so to the land. So it would be right to say in some ways that a Section 32 or a vendor statement, as we know it, is really just a health check of the property, really, what you can and can't do and what you really are getting. That's right. Um, vendors do have to disclose a lot, um, but they don't have to disclose everything. Mm -hmm. So um, there's still the old um, caveat emptor principle, yes, buy beware. beware. Um, has something ever got a permit? If they just say there's no permits in the last so many years. <laughs> last seven years. Never had a permit at all. That's right. Well, so. maybe that's something, uh, I haven't gave you any notice on this one, Meg, but mm. permitted things. So. I turn up and I say, Meg, I'm buying this house at Haddon, yeah. and the um, agent said there's no permit for the shed. Mm. What does that mean? Yeah. As, a, as a buyer, well, a really what does that mean? Because that takes a lot, doesn't it? Well, it's really common. Because people just put it up. They don't, yeah. they don't do the right, yep. the right due diligence. Yep. And, the, and the vendors on the buy, and the agent said the vendor's just not going to get a permit, so what does that mean? What yeah. are my risks? You your risk, yeah, if you want to proceed, I suppose your risk is that um, if council ever found out about it, they could knock on your door and um, make you take the shed down. Okay. Or um, a, get some um, engineering reports, um, et cetera. And get a permit retrospective. That's right, yeah. yeah. So and and no doubt pay a fine. Yep. Yeah. 
and, and that's interesting. No doubt Shout out to fine. the Ballarat City Council. <laughs> so that means the current owner would pay a fine rather than the person who did it in the first place. That's correct. Yeah, so, so the, the liability carries across. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. yep. So you're accepting the liability by not doing it. That's mm. a very good point. Mm. I, I can tell we're going to need to get Meg another time because we're, we're well, I think going we're, really through our time. Are we? Well, maybe we'll just have to get it back. I have you got any final questions maybe? Well, Mark? I'm, I think we're going along fine. There's a few things that I think would actually open up to be a bigger question. Mm. So what I probably would like, if you would you be happy to come back another oh, time? Oh, I'd love to if you have me. Five or six, yeah. seven times, yeah. yeah you no, know. I'm more than happy to what come I'd back. What I'd like to say is that mm. we've got some people out there, we've got some great listeners who have been providing mm. questions. Yes. It really would be interesting to find out what they are interested in, mm -hmm. and we'll give it a couple of goes so you just get over the stress of having to be with yeah. you. But then if we get you back, you know, mm. in a few a few down the track and yeah. and present some of those questions about what because I think we've just touched this. Surface, and if people so know much. she's coming back, Mark, they might keep listening to us in the well, interim right. just in case. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Keep about going. That. Well, <laughs> there's we, two things we need to do before well, we, we go. Mark. To do, we have to mention our underground people. Yes, the underground the world. Time. The underground world, Jeff in particular. Yep, the king down there. I, I hear. I tell you what. I just can't believe the stuff that he gives us brings it. It just makes us happy. He, apparently, he rules the roost underground well, too. He's in charge. Yep, running the whole show. So, and look, and there's, there's other people who can get involved and become just as important. I know. We have got some other very good fans, but... We have. We have. But he is. He's number one. There he sends you messages. So I think that's really important. And I think, I think in general, um, it just has been really great, Meg, and I, I really mm. thank you coming in. And I, and I know that we're going to have more than enough questions to do a second mm. time. But if, uh, if there's anything else that people actually want yeah. to, to do or to talk about or to yeah. get somebody else that you'd really like to get in that's on the, mm. on the side of real estate, that would be fantastic. And, mm. and look, we, we must thank you once again and the firm that you come from. Give yourself a plug. We need to make Quick it all plug. properly. Come on. So where are you from? So I work at Nevitt Four Lawyers and we're on um, 40 Armstrong Street North. And your phone number? Do you know it? Uh, yes, it is well, 5331444. <laughs> Not a problem. And Put me I, on the spot then. I do think, whether it's Meg or whoever, it is worth, we've spoke about this before, Mark, get some decent advice. Mm. I know in the past I've got some advice which has made me pull out of contracts, but it's probably saved yeah, me a lot of money. that actually where you're wavering, you think, well, it's not so bad, I might go forward because the risk yeah. is not so bad. But the bottom line is if you don't know and you don't ask, yeah. you're probably silly. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for thank having me. Thank you so much, Meg. Thank that was you. fantastic. It just flies, doesn't it, when you're having fun? It does. Yeah. It sure does. And thanks again to all of you listeners out there. Hopefully, uh, we'll hear some more of your questions and some other people you might like uh, Tim and I to ask silly mm. questions to. And uh, let's just keep enjoying the world of real estate. We will. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Meg. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Meg. Thank you. Bye.